Hey everyone, welcome to Turnbuckle Boogie. I'm Timothy Styles, and with me is my tag team partner, uh, Cutthroat Cody Hancock. There it is, guys. Hello, hello, hello. It's a pleasure to be here on a fine pre-recorded Saturday afternoon. What did what was the clap for? Is that your like you uh, tagging me in? Oh, I see. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let us refrain from any visual gags. <laughs> On this audio podcast. Anyway, but yes, we are not alone, which is why we're coming to you uh, uh, remotely. I'm sure that's the way it sounds. We are joined uh, via satellite fighting out of New York City. <laughs> uh, comedian James Mattern. Hello, everybody. I like you saying via satellite. Like this is 1983. <laughs> uh, like uh, Tuesday Night Titans. You remember that? This is how much better the technology is. You could just look into your computer and talk to someone in a different time zone. It still goes to satellites, doesn't it? Man, don't confuse me, man. I just watched <laughs> The Matrix on a plane. I don't need any more of this. <laughs> anyway, folks, before we get the show going, I quickly want to mention that if you want to support the show or any of us in particular, a good way to do that would be to follow our various Instagram accounts uh, at Turnbuckle Boogie, at Cutthroat Cody. And at James Mattern. I also want to quickly mention that James Mattern, uh, besides being a charming, handsome individual, <laughs> is also the host of his own podcast called The Commissioner of Comedy. If you want to hear someone talk about the business and not mean pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you're listening to the show and you go, wow, that cutthroat Cody guy, my God, he's got a rustic voice and I bet he can cut a promo for my promotion. A good way to get in touch with him is by going to cutthroatcody.com and, you know, seeing his uh, all his stuff there. And there's contact info, et cetera, et cetera. Now, without further ado, James, you want to give the key phrase? Baby, let's boogie. So, uh, this show is starting off, I'm not sure really how to start this show because it really is sort of a, a sequel to the last episode, which was called uh, Brody Lee. And during that show, I went into a conversation about, um, uh, help me out, what is it that I went into that caused so much ire? Cody. Uh, so we had a conversation without James being there. And I will say that if you go back and listen to the episode, I had a feeling that one of us was going to get a black eye. Oh, so wow. I, 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 I will, I will openly admit that, but the conversation more or less was, um, do live television ratings still matter in a world where social media seems to be more of a driving factor in how people process their media and there, like I said, it was, it, I would say it was a, a debate instead of an argument because well, there I don't are, think it was a debate or an argument. It was sort of a, a point of view that I was 
expanding upon. And this information came literally from a conversation that James and I have. You know, James and I speak seemingly, if not every day, every other day. And oftentimes it's about pro wrestling. It's the glue that has held our relationship together for 25 years, despite the fact that he lives thousands of miles away at this point. Yes. Um, uh, but I mind a conversation that he and I had had, and I made a cogent point during that conversation. And I said, Ooh, this would be good father for the podcast. And that's why I brought it up. But James wasn't on the episode and he was probably on a treadmill listening, going, you motherfucker. <laughs> Cause he texted us right after going, this is bullshit. <laughs> In real time, listening to it. And I think out loud, I'd said something. Um, my gym is, is an, I'm in a neighborhood where it's mostly older folks. And so I went to a time where the, um, the six hot girls happened to be there. And so I out loud said something like, what the fuck? And they gave me a dirty look. I'm like, oh my God, I'm done. I'm done here. <laughs> um, that, that makes it even worse. Oh, uh, it's brutal. I, I, but I did throw my arm in the air when Cody goes, I feel like James is going to give us a black eye, which is hilarious. Cause I'm, I'm not even the beta out of the three of you. It's like, I'm, I'm whatever's after, like I'm, clearly the third toughest by my like i couldn't stand eight seconds with either of you guys and in, in oh come on i don't know about that i think you're spry <clears throat> and I, don't sell yourself short against a modern day wrestler sorry cody oh hey now hey now i you know as modern day of a wrestler as i am i still like to think that i can handle a few hits and things of that nature modern day wrestler modern day warrior you're carrie von eric to me baby with a full foot uh, blessed no, but continue blessed so this is what got me so we had this conversation about ratings and i don't think and it was clearly a conversation on the phone that t and i had it was a conversation and it moved quick we weren't really debating we just said right. some things and um i was also in agreement. i believe what your overall theme was as fans of this um of industry of wrestling that mm -hmm. we shouldn't care and it shouldn't influence you i think that was the the greater thing that you were getting at which i agreed with when we were on the phone but i felt like i was the person who was like defending all the <laughs> melter stuff and and um i, I was you know my, my here's my thing with ratings and it wasn't there to really do the nuances the ratings are important though overall in professional wrestling because it is a live um product Art. right now it is it is considered sports entertainment it and is Sorry, I was going to say that, and you've brought this up, uh, sporting events are what keeps live television, honestly, in business. Absolutely. And so that's why Fox paid all that money. That's why, um, I mean, they gave them a huge money for ratings that are okay, I guess, for right. modern times. Mm -hmm. So they got that. So that's why when I made the statement, and I believe I didn't say that WWE to you was in trouble, I said... They could be, and they could now. They, for years, did not have legit competition, which allowed a man who crumbled the other competition to, for like 20 years, do what he wants and go, I don't have to listen to the audience or anyone else. We knew it was good for them then, and we can keep doing whatever. But <laughs> right. now, as the ratings are inching with a very new company that's, what, two years old now, um, and with that key demo, which I know you don't want to hear, there's a possibility in a few years that Fox goes, we don't need you. We'll take the other company. We'll pay them less or we'll pay them what we were going to extend you to. And that evens things out, which sets a ripple, which is ultimately good for everyone. I see people picking sides online with this and being 
as much as everyone shits about what they've been watching from WWE for the last two decades, for the most part, they still feel they have to wear the jersey. It's very political in a sense. It's so strange to me. I can't imagine these yeah. people who have picked sides and have defended it as if it's a religion. Yes. Ultimately, if AEW puts pressure on WWE to do better or puts them in a financial peril down the line, because they are clearly not now, their profits are through the roof, but it's right. a chess match. But ultimately, if they feel the heat where Fox wants to steal AEW from Turner or they don't and they keep WWE, but that helps uh, AEW get more money from Turner, which allows <laughs> AEW to spend more money and do more things. This will hopefully help all of us and help WWE's creative where now we can actually, instead of people going, oh, my God, I watched 10 hours of wrestling. People are fans of wrestling and they bitch about the hours they watch about it. Part of it's because it's a soft addiction. But mm -hmm. part of it is because it's opposition, they don't necessarily like everything they're seeing because it's shit. Can you imagine being hooked on this because you've defended it for years and been a fan and actually liking a majority of the, the hours that you're watching? That is why it's good to root for AW and it's important to, for the ratings. And, and the last thing, and I'll, that'll be the end of my argument, we can whatever, is, is ratings are important because you guys brought up, Cody, you brought up the uh watching it like a few days later and stuff like that and that is true and with social media but the advertisers pay for the live thing i have hulu plus i have to watch commercials up to 48 hours mm -hmm. i don't know how other dvrs are i'm guessing you can skip the commercials that defeats the purpose <laughs> the advertising is paying for that that's why live is important that's why networks are paying for sports and award shows that's why those are big for them because people are stuck with head and shoulders commercials Man, I feel like I called into WFAN radio. I'll take my, uh, I'll take it off the air. Thanks, Mike. Did you ever see the movie Big Fan mm -hmm. with, uh, with oh, Patton. who is, uh, yeah, Patton Oswalt? <laughs> his, his gimmick is, is that he calls into sports shows and he has an entire pre written out diatribe. That's the yep. Jim Rome shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Patton that Oswalt was my is argument. a genius. What's that? Patton Oswalt is a genius. Smart, funny big, dude, man. Big fan of his. <laughs> Uh, something that I would like to say after the point that you just made is, is that you remember the hottest point in time in professional wrestling was the Monday Night Wars because people did have a horse to bet on and a company to choose that they wanted to. But for myself, I think speaking for you, James, and also speaking for our good friend Timothy Styles. We're fans of wrestling. We're not loyalists to a company. It's wrestling in a whole. And competition, one, it gives people conversation points, which we're having now. And also it gives people the opportunity to choose to be enthralled with wrestling. Uh, we all have our complaints with wrestling, but at the end of the day, like you said, it is a soft addiction. And as much as you're complaining, are you complaining to the point, like you said, are you going to stop buying the t-shirts? No, no one's going to stop buying the t-shirts. No one's going to stop wearing the t-shirts. Subconsciously, I think that everybody wants wrestling to succeed. But unfortunately, there's some things in the front of our brain that get in the way when we're speaking. When I think it's just kind of in human nature to complain. So once again, if you want to pick a horse and bet, pick your horse and bet. But I do believe that this is an exciting time, uh, especially with the announcement of the possibility of major signees. Um, and I think that 
it's speculative as of now and we won't know it until it happens. And if it does happen, it's going to shake some shit up and we are going to, it would be really great to be able to proudly say, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan again. Absolutely. And that, and that's very healthy. And and then that's what we, that's the attitude we should have. But for some reason it becomes this, it, there's a, there's a, bit of Stockholm syndrome. And when I had a call with T, which ended up leading to us having the super conference on the podcast, I told him that it, there is a beaten down. St- I hate them. They suck. This terrible. They should book like that. Uh, yeah, you're right. WWE sucks. Fuck you. You don't talk about them. It's like <laughs> people have been in the dark in a room and have fell in love with their captors. It, it's crazy. Let it, let's get it all healthy. Like I love the NBA, but if a new league formed, was really good and got really good players i'd watch it i would watch it i would pick a team and and, and enjoy quality basketball it doesn't make could you imagine if you did this with like other entertainment too like you only like warner brothers movies like well it's like hey man do you see the new tarantino who produces it sony nope 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 i don't watch sony sony's bullshit warner brothers are die okay then you just missed once upon a time in hollywood stupid yep (laughs) well uh Man, oh man, I got to tell you, I didn't watch when it came down to it and there was no more competition after about 2001. I quickly saw the direction they were going and I very quickly, not even slowly, very quickly stopped watching their television because for some reason, and I can't put my finger on it besides the fact that they're missing their three biggest stars in in uh, Steve Austin, The Rock, and to a lesser extent, Cactus Jack. That show went to shit. All of their shows went to, to, to crap. And it stayed that way for the bulk of a decade. I did not tune back in until 2011 when uh, James called me and said, did you see what they're doing with punk? And I was like, mister, I haven't watched regularly in like what felt like a decade. It was probably close to six years. But uh, and even then, it's been a cock tease. And uh, (laughs) for the past nine years, you know, it's like, hey, we specifically with punk, where it's like, hey, he's going to be the big star. But not really. We're just jerking you off for a little (laughs) bit. And they've done it consistently with the people who. Uh, the talent that the fans approve of, we saw it go through with uh, Brian Danielson and that whole run, you know, at, at Kevin Owens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a new company comes up that says, no, 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 we're not going to shovel a bunch of horseshit in your mouth. We're going to give you what it is that you like. And they seem to have proven that. Uh, buddy, I'm on, all on board for it. Yeah, well, look, look. Let's unpack that for a second, though. Let, gentlemen, let's think about this. If there was a, an AEW 10 years ago, 2011, and CM Punk has that pipe bomb, right? And he, he also could threaten. So the pipe bomb now adds another fold to it. Now he's not going to go to Mexico or New Japan. He can <clears> say, I might go to AEW or the competition. Do they? To me, they didn't fully get the most out of CM Punk. They didn't fully with Daniel Bryan. Now, Daniel Bryan got hurt after Mania. But the, the issue was... They, the crowd picked these guys, but in Vince's head and the office's head, they still weren't what they wanted and thought a wrestler was. If there was competition, 
do they invest in Punk? Do they invest in Brian like they did with Austin, like they did with The Rock? Because they had to. It right. felt like we pick him and they still go, okay, we'll give you a bit of him, but we're going to find the other one who fits really what we think a wrestler is. That, to me, is a question, is that Punk is huge and should be bigger in my mind. That was a moment, and they squandered it. They got something out of it, but they could have got more out of it. They really play. It's obvious if you look back in history what that company does when they actually have competition. Because you know, W. Well, not W. Jim Crockett was pretty prominent, and uh, there were still the leftovers of the territories at the apex of Hulk Hogan's run, and then. once they really got a foothold, they coasted and it became even more cartoonish over time. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and then all of a sudden they had to compete again and they started making good television again, or mostly, let's be real. But once they got rid of the competition, right back to the childish horseshit, when left to their own devices, the WWE will give you some kid friendly, <clears throat> just middle of the road not great programming, honestly. So yeah, the, the, these people look, I'll say this AEW. I like it, but God almighty, uh, this past episode of dynamite, I walked away from it going, good grief. That was sloppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to see them seriously tighten up and, and have less of these sort of sloppy accidents because I need them to get better because I need the industry as a whole to, come up you know we can't have these moments where Stu grayson is trying to kill himself <laughs> that was well you know it's uh so speaking of that match specifically not to cut you off james i'm oh, pulling no. a timothy styles real quick You're uh, good, baby. so yes coming... quit stealing my gimmick i interrupt <laughs> so i i watched that match uh which was a 10 mad tag with the dark order versus basically the elite so uh and if you notice there was um there was a couple big dives in that match you had the uh stude grayson dive where he ended up spinning and turning earth's access in a different direction and collided with the floor which <laughs> like if you notice there was two sets of pads there was a, a thin gray pad and then there was a, a big black pad over the thin gray pad and he, he missed the black pad entirely and smacked his head straight on the gray pad. And then he's lucky late- he landed flush, honestly. Oh, a thousand percent. Because he, get- he was spinning wildly out of control. And when I, I only saw one hand go in to attempt to catch him, and that person quickly dove the, sh- <laughs> the fuck out of the way. Yeah. This dude was coming in hot and in all, the, you know, legs and arms akimbo. It's like, good grief. I'm, su- I'm not surprised that no one bothered and just tuna flopped on the floor. Yes. Fuck that. And so then you have him doing a dive later on where him and Gallows brawled through the crowd almost immediately after that dive where he, and it was very spectacular, but the height was too grand for him to do any flips or turns. He just kind of jumped and threw a clothesline at uh, Anderson that was to me just as spectacular and far safer. And then later on in the match towards the end, you had the young bucks and Kenny Omega catch Adam page on a standard moonsault, 
which is a very easy catch. It's super easy to catch a moonsault. You're, you're able to hug them and not die. And I think that the sensationalism of the industry is eating itself because these performers are putting pressure on themselves to put this, can you top that uh, mentality on everything they do? And now the reality is, whether people want to talk about it or not, the amount of injuries that are happening in the minor leagues as and compared to WWE and AEW is that the injuries are getting insane. Like the injury rate right now is higher than it's ever been. And spinal fusions and neck fusions and concussions. And, you know, there's just a lot of really crazy things happening. And these people reacted just as well on the moonsault that Adam Page did than the triple mega indie gainer that Stu Grayson hit. (laughs) The indie gainer, baby. That's a good term. That should be merch for you guys. Give you a break, you slime. IRS never gives anyone a break, especially a tax cheat like you. But please, I, I lost the receipt. You know, with, with my wife in the hospital and the medical insurance only going so far, I'm really under a lot of stress. Hey, you're making me cry, but it's not going to work because you're going to pay your fair share of tax just like everyone else. Now get out of my office. I've got a lot of work to do. But please. No buts. Go on, get out of here. I have some important business to attend to. Recently, I've found out that Coliseum video fans are some of the biggest tax cheats in the world. I suppose as I speak, you're home making a copy of this tape right now. I suppose also you've never seen the FBI warnings on the tape. <laughs> but don't be alarmed because Erwin R. Scheister has a real treat for you today. I'm going to be giving you some tax tips. I like to call them Erwin R. Scheister's Top 10 Tax Tips. And if you follow these tips, you'll become a law-abiding citizen and pay your fair share in taxes. Tip number 10 goes like this. Stop claiming your pet animals as household dependents. Number nine, start claiming all that cash you made at your last garage sale. Number eight, stop hiding those tips under the mattress. Number seven, Get rid of that gas-guzzling four-door and try walking to work to cut down on your fuel expense claims. Number six, start claiming all that money you made mowing the neighbor's lawn while collecting unemployment. Number five, get a priest to sign a receipt for all those so-called Sunday donations. Number four, business expense claims are for that, business not weekend getaways to Orlando. Number three, having your daughter's buck teeth fixed doesn't constitute a proper medical claim. Number two, try mailing your return on time for a change. And the number one tip for all you Coliseum video fans, quit your crying and pay what's due.
or IRS will audit you. You know, and it's unfortunate because to a certain extent, agree or disagree, um, but if you have a television show and you have an impact through some sort of tripled down, uh, trickle down economics uh, to the rest of the industry, is it irresponsible for you to be popularizing super sloppy stuff for that people that are well below you on the double A and trip or the single A level um, who are attempting to make their own name, but they can't, you know, they're making 50 bucks. You know what See, I mean? I think, right. I think it's the opposite. Uh, Cody, you could probably speak more of it because you actually are a wrestler. But what I've noticed, AEW to me is a trickle up. The indies exploded as a middle finger of punk rock to what the WWE is. It was smaller people who are fans who are athletic, like Lucha, like mm -hmm. Elements of Japan, started stewing it all together. No pun intended to Stu Grayson and, and the entertainer. <laughs> um, and... To me, AEW, I mean, I'm not the first person to say it. It became the super indie, in a sense, initially. I mean, it, I was at uh, All In, and All In was New Japan and all the, these great indie stars coming together. And that kind of gave birth to this. And to me, it seems like like it's trickled up, and that has become the new style. Just we have to be daredevils and do all of this shit. And it's going to be sloppy. And my question, like, Cody, here's the thing, like, with AEW never being able because of COVID to do house shows and like WWE cutting out house shows because financially it doesn't draw really. I mean, they're doing way less now, even with their return to road. Is that going to lead to more sloppiness? Could, could these injuries, even though taking high risks, could these be avoided if people were getting more reps and could actually do this without the cameras? Could that help out? We, we don't know until we know. And I think that it's it, it, it's impossible to kind of predict what's going to happen. I can tell you what I would like to happen. Yeah. What I would like to happen is people start taking calculated risks as opposed to taking reckless risks. You, you always have to take calculated risks and it has to be when it matters the most. So for instance, uh, in Las Vegas, we have future stars of wrestling and they have shows that they do at the school. And before COVID, we had shows that we would do at a casino. If I am looking at a school show and if I have to do something that is considered a risk, I'm probably actually going to save that risk for a casino show where I could do that in front of a room full of anywhere from 700 to a thousand people as opposed to a hundred. And that's something that I think that every performer needs to take in consideration is like, is your, is your $20 payday going to be worth your hospital visit in front of 50 people? Or is your $20 payday in front of a crowd of a thousand uh, going to Doing that risk, is that going to sell you some more t-shirts in the merchandise stand? Is it going to give you something that you can put on the internet? Is it going, is it going to serve you? So for the wrestlers that listen to this podcast, because we have a few, uh, please, please, please take these things in consideration because you get one body and it's not a matter of 
if you're going to get hurt, it's a matter of when you're going to get hurt. And how bad, by the way. Yes. No matter how long it takes, you were going to get injured doing this. And speaking for myself, I have had plenty of injuries. And I think that it's something that I I don't, I, the second that I saw Hayabusa break his neck, I decided not to do flips. The second that I saw Nick Mondo retire from doing death matches, I decided not to be a death match wrestler. Um, I want to do this as long as I possibly can. And I still go really hard, but I haven't done any of the things that anybody else is doing. And granted, do I have a major contract? No, but if I get the opportunity to get a major contract, is my body going to be intact enough to perform? Yes, absolutely. It will be. Um, you have a bump card, ladies and gentlemen, and use it wisely. Yeah. And it's not like you're the fucking Miz over here. <laughs> it's not like you put on a bunch of soft ass matches, right? I think you're, you're at least have the wherewithal to be wise about it. When you get into a ring, those, the risks that these guys take, <clears throat> man, there it, there's so much room for error. Yes. So when, uh, just to stay on point, Stu Grayson springboarded up to the, the third rope and then flipped, uh, like I say, almost uncontrollably. And I'm willing to bet that's why people dove out of the way. I, I Before we started recording, I was listening to uh, – uh, oh, Brian Alvarez and, and Lance Storm chat specifically about this and how uh, Lance could catch some guys better than he can catch other guys because he would ask them point blank, what are you doing? Oh, yes. I'm going to do one flip and one quarter turn. Okay, got it. But there's other people who don't have that that level of control. They just go, I'm going to flip and spin until you guys stop me. Fuck that. You're hitting the floor. Yep. It, it's Absolutely. They probably, so they're an example. Like, they could get hit behind Brody when mm-hmm. Brody was alive, right? They were just this army and all this. Now they're getting pushed to the spotlight because they became baby faces after the um, wonderful tribute and the unfortunate mm-hmm. death of Brody, and they're loved. They're loved. There's no way to really hide them now. They need to to work them. They I won't say they're the top of the card, but they're very special, especially if you put them with Paige. And so that's a thing. You, how, you, they're, they're right in the front of everyone now. They have to. You just can't hide them every week on dark and dark <laughs> elevation and darker elevation and dark chocolate elevation and whatever. <laughs> I mean, going and shit. Um, but 70% cacao they, elevation. They really do have more shows than I can keep track of at this point. All on the interwebs. And so um, th- that's another example. These are guys who probably, I'm guessing, should – Get smaller reps. I love what you're saying, Cody, because that's really what people don't realize is uh, what is the the gain in doing something? As a comic, there's smaller rooms, and I tell people, you know, you don't have to absolutely kill in the smaller rooms. You should be working on a way to kill harder in the bigger rooms and the bigger opportunities in the smaller rooms. It's all a build. It's it's all a chess game. It's what is the next move? Where is it going to go and benefit you winning overall? Yes. Sorry, I'll take that pause to fill in a gap. <laughs> I feel like that was a chest. I feel like I just got the queen. And then yeah, yeah, absolutely okay. did. I love it when you just get the one word answer. Yes. Boy, when I'm texting a girl and I get the one word answer, I know I'm done texting her for that day. Yes. Hey, <laughs> uh, 
Mister, I've done. been married for over a decade. It's it goes on and on. Hey, honey, <laughs> how was your day? Yes. Oh, okay, I'll fuck. Up. There it is. <laughs> no, I, I'm just I trying another to girl. Sure. I'm doing happens. my. I'm doing my best to make sure that I'm not hogging all of it. I want to oh. definitely pass the ball, but it, it, people need to take these things into consideration. And it's a harsh truth. And I think that not even in wrestling, but in today's day and age, there is a inability to accept criticism or listen to it, learn from it, develop from it. And that's not exclusive to the generation that's exclusive to everybody in today's day and age. And I think that social media plays a huge part in that we live in the, this is my opinion. And I want you to agree with me generation. And if you disagree with me, I have a problem and I'm going to take you to task. Yeah. You're so shit. yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I can't be that person because I want to be better. And I have to listen to every form of criticism uh, that comes my way. And there's a difference between somebody insulting you and criticizing you. Absolutely. And you can tell the difference if you learn to view things objectively. And if you can say, you want to know what that person might have a point and I should listen to them. Uh, if you can learn to view things objectively, not just in wrestling, but in life, you are going to unlock a lot of doors that are going to have uh, rooms full of really neat shit for you to learn. Right. If I can circle back to, uh, I brought, uh, tried to make a point earlier about responsibility, and uh, I'll, I'll agree with you, James. Yeah, it is trickle up, you know. Whereas this is the everything that the most popular indies were doing now on television, but now that they're on television, do you think that there are certain things? that they maybe shouldn't be popularizing once again for from a responsibility standpoint you know um they have a tv 14 rating as far as i understand and the main event of that particular show you know forget about some of the risky things that can influence uh, a younger generation to do and probably not do as well but uh deathmatch stuff you know I, on this program, have been very against popularizing death matches as a, a regular occurring segment in pro wrestling. I've been very anti-CCW, and I'm very open about that. And I'm very pick and choosy about GCW uh, uh, as well. The, the show had a match with Chris Jericho and Nick Gage um, that became very bloody and is that the right thing to do or is it okay to do incrementally this is a question i'm just posing is it okay to do incrementally when it means most when people pay for it it seems like that is the theory i mean one of the great things cody brings up every week and i always applaud it is um vote with your wallet i feel that and this ties back into why we're, we're discussing again the ratings. I mean, Tony Khan is an analytics guy. He's that new generation of sports where they look at concrete numbers to make decisions. If that match gets good ratings, I think the Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker match did very well. The blackout and people were like, is that too violent for television? <laughs> if people stop watching it, they'll stop doing them. It's that right. simple. So the responsibility of it is it, sh should they not be doing that? Maybe. 
But you well, know what? I grew up with some bad shit. We all did. I used to love when they'd have those. I loved UWF. People forget the old Bill Watts UWF had barbed wire cage matches and the goddamn sheep herders. <clears throat> Everyone who's young, look, the bushwhackers used to be nasty. They were the sheep herders. They would come in with a bull rope and they were despicable human beings. And then in years later, with their armpits out and licking, <laughs> licking kids. Stop licking my kids. These guys probably have hep Q at this point. Stop <laughs> licking my Q. goddamn kid. I mean, it's disgusting. <laughs> These dudes, every week, UWF was a blood fest. And, um, and then later, ECW, obviously, I, I didn't like when, when program. See, here's the thing. We've, Tina, I've discussed this. You see one good thing, and mm. then you want all of it. it. ECW wasn't as fully violent, at least when I saw it as everyone thinks, but they see one of those and they go, we'll make a whole promotion of it. And it's, it's, it's with any art too. They see one element of Nirvana and they take that one element and then you get really shitty poor man. You get Bush. Yes. Oh, (laughs) they take one element of Bill Hicks and now we got all these phony political, they think they're in it. They're the worst scourge of the industry. These goddamn things. Look, man, chocolate ice cream is great, but we need some other flavors. And, And I think you bring that up as well. What ice cream do you like? That's, that is the thing, and we need to mix it up. A l- but a little bit of the violence, I think, is fine. Use it sparingly. And I think, for the most part, they have. Right. Is there a point, though, that is too far? Because, And I you know, I have to remind myself that you and I regularly watched ECW. I mean, really, yeah. from, I don't know, probably. Meant the world to me. Yeah. I mean, we watched it probably from, you know, a, a third after its popularity to the very end. And, uh, yeah, there was some pretty careless shit on that. And we were young guys and we loved it. We popped for it. And as I'm watching this Jericho, um, by the way, I thought Jericho was wrestling himself for that entire thing. Oh my God. He, he looked like he was beating the shit out of himself. But, uh, I have to remind myself, like, I bet the young me would like this, but boy, oh boy. This show has a TV 14. What are we doing? But you're an adult with a child. I'm an adult now. now. And that changes your mind. And remember, where are they trying to connect the most? 18 to 45. Sure. 18, they want younger people. So they're trying to figure out what is engaging these people. Well, I ask these questions, not rhetorically, but almost just to engage the conversation, to, to help remind myself what it was like to be a fan during that time when I was a bit more, um, I don't know, reckless. Yeah. Now I'm older and wiser. So I, I approach all these things much, much differently. And I, that's why I pose these sort of open-ended questions. Like, is this smart to do this? You know, uh, you know, is it smart to do a springboard front flip somersault twist to do right into the ground is it smart to (laughs) to fucking go yeah i'll have a match with a dude uh, who's missing teeth and has a a a pizza cutter and panes of glass like boy oh boy now that i'm older and wiser uh it doesn't seem so much but the younger me would probably enjoy it you know something fayetteville the varsity club gets to travel all over the country wrestling and when we have to go to somewhere like fayetteville a kind of backward place. We get kind of sick inside. But business is business. You know, being 
college athletes graduating from private universities. Highly, highly. We get kind of spoiled, educated. I guess, and we're going to have to go to some stinkholes like Fayetteville. <laughs> but that's beside the point because, Jimmy Garvin, you're stepping into another ozone when you step in the ring with the varsity club. You see, we have Kevin Sullivan, who couldn't be here today with us. He's busy. <laughs> He's busy. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what he's Who doing, knows? Rob? You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyways, we'll go back to the fact. You're dragging this broad around with you and sticking her in the ring when she shouldn't be in there, Garvin. And you would think you would learn by now that she's going to get hurt sooner or later. But I guess you're going to have to learn the hard way because Steiner and myself just don't care about too much. This is one of them. And we're not telling the other. Tell them what I mean, Dogface. I tell you what, everyone has their own objective when they come down to the ring. With what they want to do, their own plan. But when they step into the ring, all those plans go out the back door. And they're fighting for their life. Because that's all they got left. <laughs> we'll take care of business. I think for myself, I believe, and that's another thing I have to keep, quit saying. It's very difficult. I oh I should just to add context I told Cody yes. yesterday as we were testing our uh, remote recording equipment I said one of my biggest pet peeves tell me if you agree with this James is when people say for me they turn me into two syllables yeah a little sing songy it's something I've cut out of my diet altogether and I would love it if my friends did as well so I I pass that on to them I'm Sorry. going. I'm, I'm going for myself now instead of the me for that type me. of thing. So <laughs> I, I really do believe that. Uh, I I wish that I would have seen that on pay per view. Um, I wish that I wouldn't have seen that in the second match of the five trials of Jericho. I wish I would have seen that more towards the end. Yeah, they're going to fill it up with Hooventude. It's like, this yeah. seems like it should go after Hooventude. And it, I feel like that's like final boss type stuff. <laughs> and I am a Nick Gage advocate. I grew up watching Nick Gage. And I think that his story, uh, if you listen to the Vice documentary and if you watch the Dark Side of the Ring on Nick Gage, it, it really does service for his character as a character but if you listen to the chris van vliet interview that serves his character as a person he he made a really big mistake and this really big mistake and he made that mistake thinking that he wasn't valued or cared for and that nobody gave a fuck about him or anything like that and when you're down and out you don't feel like you have anybody but yourself it's really easy to make bad decisions but then even in the vice documentary, he said, I didn't really feel like I had a purpose to live for until I was incarcerated and I had fans reaching out to me. And it was because of those fans that he got in the best shape of his life in prison. He got out of prison and he gave back to the people that gave to him. And I think there's something really special in that story for me. And I can't confirm or deny anything. There, there's one person on my list right now. And oh. the only person on my list right now is Nick fucking Gage. Wow. Well, you're not going to get any bad um, 
public comments from me, uh, Nick Gage, because I'm in and out of New Jersey and Philadelphia. I ain't fucking <laughs> saying. I ain't bumping into that son of a bitch. I'm in the Hello, uh, Nick, big fan. Great to see you. Uh, I'm going to go hide in a corner, sir. You do what you need to. I'm in the relative safety of Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, so fuck him. Well, <laughs> Vegas ain't going to be safe. Well, you know what? Nick I, Gage is there's coming a, to town. There's a. Uh, uh, like he's Santa yeah. Claus. Nick Gage yeah. is coming to town. He ain't bringing <laughs> gifts, baby. He's going to cut you with pizza shit. Yeah, uh, there's an actual, uh, like a wrestling slash UFC t shirt shop uh, in Las Vegas. And the last time I went there to buy a, I think I bought a Walter shirt. Well, that's a good one. Oh, it was a discontinued one. And I knew that they had had one in my size. I was like, I better get this shit before I can never get one again. But the guy behind the counter is like, hey, SummerSlam, we're going to have Nick Gage here. I said, hey, guess where I'll be at home. Fuck all that. <laughs> I am an advocate for the Switchblade. Sorry. I'm wearing shirt. a shirt of Jay White today. Every podcast, I like to wear a wrestling T-shirt. What are you guys rocking today? Uh, I'm wearing my Halloween Havoc skull shirt. Oh, that's a good shirt. All right there. I don't think I'm going to be able to stand up tall enough in order to get that done. It's terrific. Um, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny that I just woke up because I'm on Comedians Hours because I hosted a midnight show last night and had some drinks with an ex. Um, I'm, I'm wearing a Defenders t-shirt. That's what I wore. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> the original Defenders, the Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Namor. So there it is, everybody. Hey, so uh, all three of us, I think for the first time ever, uh, because I I did not watch uh, AEW Dynamite on the regular since it came out, just uh, because I had things to do on Wednesday nights and I didn't have the capacity to um, uh, DVR it. Cody, I should tell you, we can hear whatever is going on. It's 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 going away now. Okay. Yeah, going away right now. Um. Anyway, so uh, but for the past two weeks, I did watch AEW Dynamite and Cody, who normally doesn't watch regular wrestling, he's normally watching all Japan from like 1982. Yes, great. Watch Dynamite as well, and of course James is on board. He's one of those firsthand marks, son. I'm drinking the Kool Aid, bitches. Whatever, dog. Yeah, Jim Cornette thinks you're a real chooch. He loves that I'm watching it. It gives him content every fucking week, every yeah. week. Oh yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's strange. Uh, don't be fooled if you're a Jim Cornette fan and like, yeah, fuck AEW. This dude makes uh, uh, six figures at least in in advertisement revenue, getting people to watch videos. And uh, uh, there's nothing people love more than hearing Jim Cornette cut promos. Yep. I can watch uh, Cornette cut promos about whatever and take it with as much of a, uh, a grain of salt as I do, say, the, the comedy of Alex Jones. But I don't worship at his feet. These people who think uh, Jim Cornette is super wise are really goof asses. People forget that Smoky Mountain wasn't this huge promotion. I mean... Try watching it now. And I like old school wrestling. And I just listened to Rick Rubin on a podcast. Bring it I up. Listen I listen to that too. Yeah. I fall asleep. I'm sorry. I mean, enough <laughs> already. And I grew up loving. T knows this about me. I love old school territory. 
Here, I'll go so far to call it hillbilly wrestling. I love southern wrestling. I love goddamn UWF. I love the Von Erics doing their claw 600 feet away from the opponent, and the opponent's still going, no, instead of getting out of the way. I like Georgia Championship. I love all. I love the old Crockett shit. I love it. Hillbilly wrestling. And Smoky Mountain, to me, for the most part, should come with a bottle of NyQuil. Or doesn't even need to, because it just is. <laughs> I just would fall asleep. Bob Cottle should have been hanging out with his grandkids then. Uh, it, uh, no disrespect to the dead, to Bullet Bob Arms. Bullet Bob Armstrong's at 77 years old, your number one baby face. Maybe it wasn't so good. Oh, their, what are we fucking doing, dog? Even they're you. young guys, you know, it's not like the thrill seekers were really cool in retro. They were corny white meat baby faces during a time where that shit was really lame. Yeah. Oh, we're going to root for the dirty white boy. No, we're not. I'm going to um, watch monster trucks. If there's nothing else on, I don't care. <laughs> Can I watch roller jam? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's country Johnny. I don't dude. Do you have a calendar? This was the nineties. We're going to have these kind of characters still. Right. Oh, and I love Tracy Smothers. Are you really going to get behind Tracy Smothers as just a wrestler in 93? Great <laughs> yeah, in ECW is an Italian, though. Great in ECW is an Italian on a D-level team. I I feel for myself, I enjoy that stuff. Like, I, I really enjoy that stuff. Uh, but the in-ring stuff, the characters, not the biggest fan of. But as far as the way that they formulated their matches... I will say this, Jim Cornette knows how to agent. Like he he knows sense. how to agent physical in-ring matches, despite the fact that he was never a physical in-ring competitor. And that's something that I will always herald him for uh and sing his praises. But I will not necessarily always say that his creative endeavors were always the best. Uh, he booked the fucking Ninja Turtles, right? And so you can't really say that at the end of the day, nobody's a fucking genius. Right. And I think that everyone needs to kind of curb yeah. themselves. And hey, show Dusty Rhodes was not the, uh, he had was filled with ideas, but he was also filled with some pretty stinky shit to go along with it. Yes. And that's something that, this idea that one person knows more than another person and all uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I can't buy into it. Like I, I know a bit about what I know, but I'm not going to claim to be a wrestling genius. It's just not, it's, I wish some people had a little bit more humility. That's all I wish I could say. Well, I wish there wasn't so many stupid people in the world who takes this you know, because I had, like I say, I have no problem listening to Jim Cornette because I could just take it at face value and go, well, that's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I can't yes. wait to hear this review of Jericho versus Nick Gage, where he cuts a promo for 45 minutes on what a bloody piece of shit it was. It'll make me laugh, but I'm not going to agree with it 100%. There's no question that he has an un a comprehension of the fundamentals and could age in a match about as good as anybody on a psychological level. But Man, his 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 uh, ideas of what I mean, he said it himself. Professional wrestling, as he once knew it, is dead and gone, and you can't get that toothpaste back in the tube. Okay, well then, why the fuck do you watch it every week and fucking complain about it? Why bother? Because because it gives him a, money. It gives him money, and 
apparently there's enough stupid fucking people who are going to hear this and parrot it. And these people are the worst nerds. I bet he's made enough money selling outlaw mud show t-shirts to pay my rent for two fucking years. Yeah. At least <laughs> maybe even a decade. Who knows? But yeah, it's, and you it, live in the Upper East Side of NYC, baby. Baby. Even the rats have fucking baby carriages out here, dog. Well, <laughs> Everyone, this is this is new new level, baby. Well, bagels, eight it on up. It's, <laughs> so there it is. Um, dude, it's so crazy that but people don't it's hilarious that we're at this point now where everyone thinks they're smart and everyone mm -hmm. debates eight hours and I'm on a wrestling thread on Facebook with some co comedians and all this shit. And they all know what worked means and everyone knows the terms and they can't separate like on podcasts that they're being worked. It's hilarious. It's hilarious that people don't think that these guys are working them for their dollars now to come see them do the live show to buy the merch. Including now. Jim Cornette, by the way. Jim Cornette gets worked up every single week. <laughs> Why? But it, it seems purposeful to me that let's do this thing for these people. Let's do this to fucking yes. get Jim Cornette to give a little free press. You know, fuck it. Why not? Get that it's, no, it's no different than what's happening in the world. And I don't want to crack the, the can of worms open, but mainstream politics, right? You know, you have... Jim Cornette, who is appeasing one side. And then you have Dave Meltzer, who's appeasing the other side. And all they're doing is they're saying exactly what those people want to hear. Yeah. And the people that want to hear it, they applaud it. And the people that don't want to hear it, they listen to the other person. It's very, very, the, the color contrast is very clear. And I would not be surprised if it's done by design. And if it is done by design, then I applaud the both of them for finding a way to make money doing it. That's for me, I feel differently about different things. Like I, I have no problem with deathmatch wrestling. I have no problem with certain things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I am going to advocate or vouch for it on a public level, like, oh, if it's not deathmatch wrestling, I don't want to watch it. No, man. Like, once again, I'm a fucking wrestling fan. But it's uh, it's just crazy to me because people will listen to only what they want to hear. They only want to hear what they want to hear. They don't want to hear anybody else's take or opinion. I want to hear it all because I want to be able to make my own fucking opinion, not have somebody tell me what to think. Right. Well, you're an independent thinker, and that sort of mind frame is is – totally uh, undervalued today, which is so sad. Look, uh, humanity by nature is tribalistic. And we've seen more in the past 10 years that tribes have been reformed. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm a big believer in the concept of de-evolution. You think that a lot of these sort of smart devices and stuff are making us wiser. <laughs> Buddy, it seems that we're de-evolving. It's yeah. unbelievable. We should be better. You have we have encyclopedias in our hands with these phones, and no one wants to learn. It's I feel like Morgan Freeman in Seven when he goes into the library and everyone's just playing cards. I have no issue with cards, but he's like, you have all this knowledge and you're just playing goddamn pinochle or whatever you're doing right there. And it's correct. We have 
knowledge in our hands. And instead, we want to see someone in their underwear shake their booty next to a cat on TikTok. Great job. For 15 right. seconds. Yeah. Right. For 15 <laughs> seconds. Right. Shaking their ass for Mr. Whiskers and shit. I, Eight billion I, views. I no more three Tolstoy. I think I mentioned this. <laughs> I think I mentioned this to one of you in conversation within the past two days. But uh, as a musician, I used to be in bands for people who don't know. And there there used to be this thing that would happen uh, at a local level that a band would, you know, in the middle of their set somewhere, they would always say, um, hey, uh, we just want to say, you know, they'd be tuning their guitars or whatever. They go, hey, we just want to say support local music. There's a lot of great <laughs> bands from Vegas and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, when I would get up there, because I was a uh, no good piece of shit, David Lee Roth, uh, it, Fuck all you all. I would treat the audience as hostile. I would always say, uh, don't support local music, support good music, because uh, there's too many shitty fucking bands out here, and I'm not looking to start a club, and I'm not looking to give these crappy bands any more press than they deserve. Only support shit that you like, period. Uh, and I would extend that to seemingly all these tribes. If you don't like something, don't fucking watch it. Shut the fuck up. Just talk about the shit that you like, for God's sakes. Yep. No one's interested in your fucking tribe. Yo, I always got a kick out of, for some reason, a pet peeve of mine. And there's people way greater at comedy than me and longer than me who say this still. But uh, I never liked, at the end of someone said, hey, thanks for supporting live comedy. Keep supporting live comedy. Years ago, I got a buddy who still gets a kick out of this. I was like, yeah, but what about dead comedy? Fuck him, Richard Pryor. We don't <laughs> care about him no more. That's it. So don't listen to anyone who's dead. Joan Rivers, please. The Marx Brothers, kiss my ass. Like, it's just, if you're dead, we can't support you. Only live comedy. <laughs> I'd like to thank IWA for allowing me to do a retirement match in Japan. I wanna, one thing's missing is uh, my good friend Steve Williams. So we're wishing him a speedy return to come back to Japan and kick some ass. And also I'd like to thank the Japanese fans for allowing me to come into their country the last years of my career and to give me support. Domo arigato.
I kind of lost track of time because I didn't pay attention to what time I hit the record button, but I think we're around about uh, an hour here. So I'm going to throw it around the table and get some last comments concerning the wrestling industry as a whole. Uh, we'll say Cody. <laughs> well, uh, give us your uh, final closing comments. I hate that I, I didn't come up with a better way to end the show. This became fucking Nightline in 93. <laughs> You've got 30 seconds. Go ahead and give us your opinion about yeah, Anyway. Reverend Farrakhan, tell us about race in 21 seconds. Oh, shit. Uh, I'll I'll try to wrap this up nice and tight. I think that uh, the fact that we were able to have this conversation means that something is happening, right? There's something that's happening, and we can choose to be excited about it. We can choose to participate in it, or we can choose to be pessimistic and participate in it. I'm going to be excited and participate. Uh, I've been involved in the industry for almost 13 years. I continue planning on being involved in the industry and I want to look at the high notes, man. I want to be proud, uh, to tell people that I am involved and I want to be proud of my body of work. And I picked my horse and I put all my money on pro wrestling and whether it's successful or not successful does not matter to me necessarily, but it'd be really cool to be able to have more people stop being shitty about pro wrestling. It'd be really cool if you were participating during a Renaissance, you know, it must've been nice to be a pro wrestler in 1997 because that shit was fucking hot. Everyone was wearing NWO shirts or Austin shirts. You know, I can't say the same for 2005. Yes. You know, hey, uh, uh, nice point. Uh, before I throw it to you, James, didn't you guys have some breaking news to tell me that I apparently might not know? Well, that's that's what I was uh, when when you set up Nightline there. I was like, well, is this are we going to get to? Here's the here's the thing though, T and Cody, you tell me if I'm wrong on this. I'm scared now. We're at the one hour mark, and we can do whatever. I'm just thinking about your listeners. I have a feeling we break this news to T and. This becomes a two-parter, or this becomes the Godfather <laughs> Part Three, or some shit. Like, yeah, you know what? If it is what I think it is, that will go for another ten minutes. What you think it, buddy? This is what do you think? Here, can we do this, Cody? Let's. Have, what yes. do you think it is? Okay, so I heard. You know, besides CM Punk and uh, Brian Danielson possibly making debuts here in the coming months, which. Boy, I'll tell you, I've said it out loud on this show. Uh, if that happens, I might never watch WWE ever again. It'd be pretty good. At least for the immediate future, because uh, these are two of my favorites of the past, you know, 10 plus years. I've also heard an inkling of, uh, and this is what I, the only other thing I heard, but it's it's only rumor based. There's really no facts behind it that AEW is also considering Brock Lesnar, which I think is a fucking. Uh, a good and bad idea, but that might not, that might, uh, but telling by your faces, that's not the news. Uh, no. Can I quickly comment on Brock Lesnar? And you can, yes. you could, it's a great idea because he's an actual superstar, not like a W. They're superstars. Yeah. I don't think the average person could tell you who Kevin Owens is, unfortunately. No. Uh, but everyone knows who the fuck Brock Lesnar is, and he would certainly draw them some serious eyeballs. Having said that, he would be a fucking uh, territory killer. 
possibly. He is fucking a foot yeah. taller and 150 pounds heavier than their entire roster. Yeah. I, I don't think that, that would yeah. I don't think having him there would ultimately help in the end because if he wasn't champion, it would make no fucking sense at all. All right. Hit me. You want the honors, Cody, or what? No, you do it. Um, the WWE just released someone. Okay. His name is um, um, Wyndham Rotunda. Really? Bray Wyatt has just been released. Good fucking grief. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> we saved it for this. <laughs> now, everyone else is listening Charlie to this has, has known this for days, but we they get to capture someone actually hearing it in real time. Oh, all right. Let's go for 15. Uh, <laughs> I got to hold a P. Oh, do you? Fucking okay, run off. I'll, I'm, I'm on a, a vent. I don't want people to see my cute little shorts. Oh, we're not playing the video. <laughs> this card off. Just, yes. Yeah. Look at them hot buns. Uh, wow. Bray Wyatt released. Yes. That you heard this as well. Or uh, is it a matter it, of fact? It's a matter of fact. WWE posted it officially on their Twitter account yes it is a matter of fact it is not rumor it is not speculation wwe has come to terms with releasing bray wyatt and who knows whether it was their choice or his choice may have been his choice very well may have been and now you have now granted there's going to be a 90 day no complete no compete right so however he retires i hope he doesn't go over to AEW. And really? by the way, they might not want to pick him up. Yeah. Here's I don't think why... that everyone who gets released needs to be picked up. And quite honestly, their roster is thick as shit already. It is. Uh, oh, cheers to the Coke Zero, sir. Anytime, my boy. Anytime. Yes. I. Here's why I think it would kind of be cool um, if he was able to come to AEW and then if all of a sudden he debuts as the new leader of the Dark Order. That's the only way it works. Yes. The uh, only the only way. Mm-hmm. Now, now the only caveat to that is, is now you have to take these characters who are beloved by the fans and then possibly turn them back into an evil cult, which they were supposed to be originally. Well, they yeah, they were a serious evil cult. And then it became, because of all the BTE videos, it became sort of a comedy deal you know where, yes where uh brody would come in and throw the papers into evil uno's face and he would yeah. do a backflip you know um to they kind of become the bushwhackers in a sense i yes. don't think it would be uh it might not be the best idea and like i say they already have enough people to yeah. fill fucking three shows um that's why you're only seeing people wrestle every other week if not every three weeks yeah um man oh man that is fucking wild look Bray Wyatt, the care, and here's another reason why I would say it's it's not a, the best idea. Um, I've always imagined that if someone asked me who's your, uh, if you could start a promotion or and steal someone from another uh, company, you know who would you get? And it's like I'm not sure that I would steal Wyndham Rotunda because Bray Wyatt, the character, and this is. Um, my opinion of him initially as the swamp cult leader is about the best pro wrestling character I've ever seen. Uh, with yes. the Wyatt, with the Wyatt, the initial Wyatt family, pre Braun Strowman, that 
character, all the things that went into it. Now, later it got ridiculous where it became supernatural and he had oh. handshake agreements with the audiovisual guys. Hey, put oh. some worms on the mat. You know, that shit was fucking dumb. But the initial stretch, even though he wasn't winning pay-per-view matches, um, uh, and that pissed a lot of hardcore fans off, didn't matter to me. That shit was gold, man. One of my favorite characters ever. Yes. I think he could have been something. I don't know why it didn't fully go on. Well, I, I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, and I feel weird critiquing someone's wrestling with an actual someone uh, who wrestles. So please forgive my ignorance, Cody. But his matches to me drive me nuts. I don't like the, the upside down arm shit. I love I, it. I love hate it. it. I hate it. And I, um, I tried with The Fiend. And he's got the mask by Tom Servini, who's a fucking horror legend. I love Tom Servini. And I like that less, I'll connect. be quite honest. Yeah, and it, I watched a couple of those big matches when they gave him the belt again, and I just really wanted to punch myself in the skull. It was well because uh, they tried tough. to, they really tried to embrace the supernatural stuff. Yes, uh, that I have always, I mean, dating way back to the Undertaker. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan there, either. There's no question. I've said it on this show. I fucking hated the Undertaker. The guy shot lightning bolts out of his fingertips like Palpatine. It's ridiculous. What the like fuck are Palpatine. we doing? <laughs> so I. I didn't mind the Cape Fear Bray Wyatt. And also, yes. if you got, I'm, if I ever have the opportunity to meet him, I will ask him this because when I was doing research for the Order of Illumination, which was my very own satanic cult and future stars of wrestling based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, I was deep diving in Anton LaVey. And I went to Zia Records, which is a local record store to Vegas as well as Arizona. And I found um, a spoken word album with a bunch of different artists on it. Henry Rollins was on the list. Anton LaVey was on the list. And you can find this album on Spotify. Oh, it's I'm called Fear. It right now. There you go. It's called Fear Power God Birth a Tragedy Magazine. And there is a track called balls in the meat grinder and the artist's name is mr vo real that's exactly it so uh <laughs> mr vo real so this album was released in 1989 i believe and if you listen to that track it is bray wyatt's promo wow. and not verbatim but the cadence and the delivery and the verbiage that was used i would not be surprised if he based his entire promo style on this little tiny two minute spoken word thing that's pretty fucking creepy and i was really drawn into bray wyatt after i heard that and i'm like oh i'm really curious now uh i was okay with the rebranding of Bay Bray Wyatt for the promos to introduce him. But once it did get into the supernatural, the mask is crazy. He looks physically imposing. He's capable of violence. What's wrong with that making him scary, right? Instead right. of dwelling in a basement with puppets and doing supernatural things. That's, yes, that's when I lost it. So I think that they had an opportunity to possibly make him a new Undertaker, and they mishandled it. In well, he so lost many to the Undertaker. Ways. 
Yes. That was, that was the first step. He there lost is. to the Undertaker. Yes. I really feel like I, I hope, and there was the picture that resurfaced recently, or resurfaced, but surfaced of him recently where he's like in the best shape of his life. Right. Obviously, he was prepping for something. You know, well, I, he, this question comes up, I think, a lot with like, what are they doing with Keith Lee? He's returned and he's lost a second match in a row. Yes. Um, I'm willing to bet that seven months he was gone and that time period that that Bray Wyatt was sort of off TV, that somebody in management came to them and said, we need you to lose weight because we can't have a, you know, a whatever, a big fat shit or whatever. And they worked at it. And maybe it wasn't enough, or maybe it was an excuse to 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 can them, or you know, we just don't know. We don't know, and I'm sure we'll find out soon. And just real quick, because I'm very critical, uh, as well as a professional wrestler, it's no secret that I'm also a trainer, and I have many people that will come that have no sports at, uh, background at all that are terribly out of shape and they will say, well, you know, Kevin Owens, well, you know, Bray Wyatt, well, you know, Keith Lee, but the difference between those people that have never done anything physical in their lives compared to those three people that are considered to be out of shape using bunny ears, right? They have been physically using their bodies for close to a decade in order to become paid fucking athletes. There's a big difference. I don't care that they're big. I just it, now if it's hindering their ability in any way, if they're visibly blown in the ring, if they can't get light on things, if they can't pick people up, that's a whole different story. Kevin Owens, Keith Lee, and Bray Wyatt could fucking go. They could fucking go. And, and that's a shame. Have guts. Sorry, yes. NFL linemen, there's oh, sack of shit. They're athletes. They're world-class athletes. And they're conditioned, yeah. even with that stomach, to be able to do amazing things. Yeah, it's, it's yes. crazy. I saw Kevin uh, Owens once in an airport. It was a scare. He gave a look, Cody. Like, it was like, everyone wanted to go say what's up to him. And I'm like, are you nuts? Look at this guy could crack even the, the Mounties. There's like Mounties in the Montreal airport. I'm like, he'll fuck them up right now. Let's just he, let him be. This is yeah, the toughest he, dude I've ever seen in person. He does not like to be approached like that. I can tell you that firsthand. Firsthand experience. Maybe there's uh, but lest we forget the tale of Yoko Zuna, who just continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger until he uh, essentially his heart exploded. Yes. You know, so I can I can see to a certain extent like, yeah, we got you because you're big, but you can't just continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Because they don't have enough plastic for the action figures, yes. you know. And plus, we don't want you to fucking die. Yes, you know. Yeah. So. And before we close up, man, I might put somebody on the spot here. Do you want one more perspective on this news, real quick? Sure. Uh, hey, sure. Nick, Nick Xander, sir, who oh, just Nick walked Xander. in the door. Yes, uh, I'm going to have you put on the headphones and talk to these boys how you feel about Bray Wyatt getting released. There you go. So Nick no, Xander, you're talking to Timothy Styles and James Madden. Well, this is right. double first, huh? Double first for this. Yeah, this first time. It's hey, like Nick. Cody with it's like Cody with hair. <laughs> what up, man? Hey Nick, hey, I'm gonna going, compliment guys? your uh your gear. That white gear that you wore recently is the shit. Oh, you like it? Yeah, it's dope. I definitely appreciate it. It's made by Robbie Litt, 
believe it or not. You're not supposed let me give you a look. I don't know anything about the industry that, that people don't tell me, but they have said, don't give away your, your guy. Well, I mean, he wants to press. So, well, all right. I'll <laughs> leave it to you. All right. So Cody has said that you have to comment, uh, commentate on uh, Bray Wyatt. So I'll let you do it. What do you think? You got okay. candidate. I know you guys are trying to close out and all that, but I like this FSW tag team championship above my head. You know what I mean? I'm, uh, getting, I'm getting real cozy with this thing in the same shot as me. I would say if a fight broke out all of a sudden and you took it, I might be the ref and award you the, the title from afar. Well, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you for your loyalty. Um, <laughs> uh, it was kind of shocking news to me um, as far as the timing of it all. You, you would think that if they were going to do something like this, they would do it. Uh, how would I say it? Uh, a more, not prematurely, but sooner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, they, he's been off for a long time. I don't know what his mental state is. I don't know what he's going through. I don't know his personal life. But well, we know I a do. little bit about his personal life and maybe that doesn't help. Well, you know? But uh, that, that news certainly. is like a couple years old, but Cert yeah. certainly, certainly. Um, I don't know how he's taking the Brody Lee stuff, right? I mean, I see that circulating around like that has some, some done some damage to him as far as mentally. Uh, he had great things going for himself. You know what I mean? Despite what the smart marks say about the gimmick, uh, they don't like it. They think this or that. It's working. It was working to a much larger, massive audience than, uh, again, smart marks would like to believe. Uh, it seems to me that he knew that he was going to be going, so he wanted to keep the gimmick going, and maybe he passed it on to Alexa Bliss, who has taken it on and, again, done a great job for some. Yes. Done a great job or done a bad job for some. Yes. I'm willing to uh, bet the WWE pulled that trigger and not him. Well, you could you could definitely say that. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that take, but the the fact of the matter is the gimmick lives on with him or without him. And mm -hmm. I think having uh, again someone like Alexa Bliss who's very theater uh works, you know what I mean? But as far as what he has to do or his his point of view on it, you know, just get healthy and uh do what he has to do to try to get back to wrestling, whether that's with WWE or elsewhere. Yo, wouldn't it be crazy, though, next week, Alexa Bliss is just some broad named Lexi. Like, she's just done with the magic. She's just like, hey, guys, what have y'all been doing for the last year and a half? Like, like it never happened. It would just be hilarious. She's like, I'm Alexis Kaufman. And she finally admits that she's Jewish. Let it out, Alexi. Come on. Fuck these anti-Semites. Let it out, goddammit. Maybe. Maybe she comes with locks and a denim, denim jacket. Let's go, baby. With a little lantern. Who knows? And yeah, she's been cutting promos with me in the Upper East Side. Let's go, goddammit. <laughs> well, Nick, we're going to wrap up the show, but I'll give you an open invitation to be on in the future if you're down. All right, yeah, it does sound like a pleasure, and I appreciate you being on my side about this tag team championship. So just fast count that three when uh, when it happens, <laughs> and uh, we're all gravy, brother. I'm uh, heavy-handed. Anyway, <laughs> have a all great right, day. Guys. All right, it's a pleasure. Pleasure, dog. Turnbuckle Boogie is a Devo Looter production and is produced by TJ Fogarty and Cody Hancock. 
with music and web production by Timothy Stiles. If you're interested in booking or information on Cutthroat Cody, please go to cutthroatcody.com and follow us on Instagram at Turnbuckle Boogie. See you next Monday.